It's time to accelerate. Hey, friends, this is Andy. Welcome to episode 749 of Accelerate, the sales podcast of record. I have another excellent episode lined up for you today. Joining me as my guest this week is Chris Rudigrup. Chris is the co-founder and CEO of Sendoso. Now, Sendoso, if you're not familiar with them, they enable B2B sales, marketing, and customer success teams to send both digital and physical gifts to buyers and customers. I mean, this is really a cool and innovative concept in building deeper, more personal connection with your buyers. And if you're not familiar with how gifting works, then you'll definitely want to make sure you stick around and check out our conversation here today. We're going to dive into the use cases for gifting that Sendoso sees most often. We'll talk about how it's being used by some of their customers like TalkDesk and Salesforce.com. And we'll talk about how Sendoso, the service, can also be used for demand generation marketing. It's a situational gifting. Maybe you've just given a demo. Uh, you want to thank somebody for taking the time. Or even to get a meeting with someone that you've been trying to break through you know, the, the gatekeepers. And gifting can be a very powerful way to do that. I mean, it's really it's useful for customer success teams, as I said, for deepening connections, building relationships. But basically, the only limit on how you use gifting is your imagination. So we'll be getting into all that and much, much more. So let's jump into it. Chris, welcome to Accelerate. Thank you so much, Andy. So uh, for those who aren't familiar, we're, we're going to have you give a chance to give a little background about Sendoso first, and then we'll give you a chance to talk about your big news, uh, which just happened today. Yep. So for people who aren't familiar, tell us about Sendoso. Yeah, so uh, Sendoso, we incorporate digital and physical sending strategies into sales, marketing, and customer success programs. So basically, you know, direct mail and corporate gifting, uh, but integrated and at scale. And is it, when you say corporate, I mean, you really talk about a one-to-one type thing though, right? A person-to-person. One-to-one, yes, but it's not like a, you, uh, it's meant for businesses. So you're right. not going to come on here and send your wife a gift or anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, meant for uh, businesses to use to engage with their customers or prospects or employees. So there's nothing to prevent you from getting on and sending something to your wife, right? For sure. Yeah, if you have an account, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. So you guys have been in business how long? For about three years now. Three years, because i Spoke with you and your co-founder. We're just reminiscing in your your startup office. Two of you sharing a desk. Um, what was the impetus to start the company? I mean, what what did you see out there that said, "Yeah, now's the time." Yeah, so it was kind of interesting. So my me and my co-founder Braden, we both have sales backgrounds. We were mm-hmm. both account executives before starting the company, mm-hmm. and kind of two things happened. One, at the last company I was at, TalkDesk, I really saw the evolution of email and seeing that. You know, people are sending more and more millions of emails and mm-hmm. kind of that digital saturation. And so as a creative salesperson, I began, you know, writing handwritten notes. I'd go and grab swag out of the, the closet and send it. I would go to Starbucks and buy gift cards and send those. And was doing a ton of these like creative ways to kind of break through that noise. Right. Um, working really well. And so kind of the first thing I thought is, hey, why isn't there an easier tool to send out Starbucks gift cards inside of Salesforce? Mm-hmm. And so that was something that was very uh, palatable in terms of, hey, I can start that. Um, so I uh, founded a uh, few engineers and put together some mock-ups and came up with the concept of Coffee Sender, mm-hmm. um, which uh, was really exactly what it was, send some Starbucks gift cards out through Salesforce. That was the original name of the company. That was the original name for the company right. uh, about probably about three and a half years ago or mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Um, 
launched that. Um, it's really like self-service, kind of a simple uh, feature, I would say, not necessarily a platform. Uh, but it was a good kind of V, you know, 0.5, I guess, in terms of to what Sendoso was. Right. Um, so you, you, know, you had the vision of doing something bigger. Correct. We had the yeah. vision of doing something bigger. This was just like the easiest thing we could buy it off day zero. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once that happened, we started to probably ha- uh, were sending hundreds of thousands of Starbucks cards and got to a point where we're ready to morph into Sendoso. Okay, so let's let's just go back to the coffee cards for a second. Yeah. So, so who was using those, and sort of how were they using it? And was it? I mean, at the time, I recall it was more about sort of maybe SDRs using it as a way yep. to get that book, that demo, or something like that. But why don't you tell us about that? Yeah. So it was it was really um, you know SDRs, AEs, some CSMs, really things around booking demos, uh, thank yous. Uh, reminders to attend meetings, um, kind of one-off things. Uh, we had a few people using it for like webinar incentives or uh, you know other miscellaneous kind of uh, relationship building initiatives. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of the original use case. And did managers at that time? Because we're going to come back to this question a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. Is, is did managers how they set up the budget for their SDRs or AEs, or was there an approval process, or how typically did they say, okay, you got open rain, go spend you know ten bucks per. Per prospect or how that goes? Yeah, go? it was a little loosey-goosey where you could kind of just uh, sign up and do whatever you wanted. And, and the first version was there was no team. It was just like one u- one single user could mm-hmm. use it. Um, so it was uh, uh, really not necessarily built for the enterprise yet. Right. Um, it was built for an individual. Yeah. Okay. So that then started morphing. And, and I remember some very... Uh, <laughs> interesting things. I mean, I love that this idea because, yeah, obviously we've talked before. I'm a huge believer in, in keeping the human front and center in sales, and uh, this is sort of an interesting way to uh, create that personal touch, but also automate it to some degree. Exactly. Yeah. So we really were getting a ton of feedback and asking what else could we send through Coffee Sender, um, and at that time too, uh, while at Talk Desk where I was at before. Um, the marketing team there was testing out direct mail, but it was uh, something that I was manually doing. We then shifted to spreadsheets to try to copy and paste data. And so I really saw kind of in twofold, both from Coffee Center and then at a you know enterprise company trying to do any kind of direct mail at scale, that it was a, a really broken process. Mm-hmm. And so went back in... Um, quit talk desk to basically build out Sendoso and all the warehouse infrastructure and the new software platform and spent about um, nine months really kind of, you know, building out the infrastructure and uh, working with engineers nonstop and really doing no sales and marketing efforts, but just engineering and and product. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to get to the back end in a bit because I think that's sort of, sort of <laughs> interesting. But yeah, I'm interested sort of about how now people are sort of fitting in this into their their cadences or their campaigns uh, and sort of the actual use case. So for you to get a new customer, let's say for Sendoso, mm-hmm. is that going to be driven by the sales rep now or you've got a sales team, you're out reaching out to sales managers, sales leaders, who are you selling to? Yeah, so primarily we've been selling into uh, sales leaders and marketing leaders. Um, and some customer success leaders now too. 
But uh, marketing has historically held the purse strings and also kind of the creative and was kind of the bottleneck for doing any kind of direct mailer gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're now with our sending platform, we're seeing that with Sendoso, marketing can still be involved, but it's a, tight, a much tighter alignment. And so marketing can enable the SDRs, the AEs, the account managers to have monthly budgets to out have certain things that they're uh, they can send to set up some validation rules and then kind of give them the ability to to use it in their uh, their own ways. And is that how you see it used mostly? Is is reps are sort of making that decision themselves whether it's an SDR or an AE or is still so like rules that companies are establishing saying, hey, as an SDR, yeah, you've got this budget, but you should only use it in these cases or you know somebody at this stage or how's that working typically? Yeah, so definitely the SDR use case is huge, and we see that uh, people are integrating it into outreach and sales loft so that they can be more uh, programmatic in terms of like step two, you send this, step eight, you send this. So there's that. In addition to that, with the monthly budgets, there's also some like validation rules that we can connect through Salesforce. So like you can, the manager admin can say, if this person is not in stage three, you can't send the champagne. Or if this person's not in the finance industry, then you can't you can't send the finance case study printed booklet mm-hmm. kind of thing. So there is some of those uh, data validations to make sure that you know uh, someone doesn't go rogue and send the wrong thing. But the beauty is that this is another tool that you know sales can then use in addition to their emailing and their phone calling and their social. Um, and it's just another way to communicate and build a more human rapport with with prospects and, and customers. So let's look at sort of the breakdown of the gifting types, if you will, that that sure. exist. I mean, I imagine you still have Starbucks cards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we've expanded. We've got about five hundred other merchants now. Merchants too. that you do that with. So, <laughs> so all the way, as you said, to expensive bottle of champagne. You know, you've got some really clever gifts around. Yeah. You know, locking bottles of champagne or wine or something that yep. yeah, customers <laughs> to contact you to get the key. Uh, tell us about some of those. Yeah. So we, uh, we kind of look at it in a few different buckets. So one is we have the e-gifts that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Two, we have more perishables. So these would be like your cupcakes and your flowers and, and other things like that. Um, third is like our infinite inventory integration through Amazon. So this is where you can think of uh, recipients' personal interests, such as maybe their alma mater or a sports uh, team memorabilia or something hobby-related or life event. Mm-hmm. And then through our integration, uh, there's a button in um, Amazon that says buy with Sendoso, pops out Salesforce, select the contact. Then that package is sent to Sendoso's warehouse. Mm-hmm. We unbox it, add in a handwritten note, rebox it, and ship it out. Right. All tracked through Salesforce, so it looks very personalized too. Um, but we can have you know the 500 million SKUs that Amazon has at our disposal. And the the handwritten note that's based on a hand handwriting sample somebody's given before, or it's- yeah, we we have handwriters at our facilities that will uh, do some handwriting uh, that will write out everything on behalf of our customers. Very cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I've always always been fascinated by this. So, and then the last uh, thing is just like our typical inventoried and kind of products, which could be uh, promotional products and corporate swag, or it could be one 
one-off gifts. You know, we've done some cool things like uh, Lego minifigures that look like uh, the prospect. We've done these cool decoder glasses. This we did this National Dog Day uh, dog toys. There's like a custom, there's one cool coming up for Valentine's Day, which is those candy hearts. You, yeah. know, you, you know those ones sure, that were sure, like sure. we customized them with some messaging and a logo, and those are going to be sent out. So those are kind of like fun, like you know, good uh, timing to send those out. And so you talked about swag. So from a corporate swag standpoint, is yep. a company, you'll basically a warehouse for a company. You'll be like their store, their warehouse, and their exactly. people that work. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. And we do all the sourcing too. So that was another headache in the process because there's physical goods and you want to have four different items in a custom box that might be four different vendors. Mm-hmm. So we have a, you know, we have thousands of vendors in our preferred vendor network uh, around the world where we're constantly sourcing and buying and procuring things on our customer's behalf. Hmm. So, you know, among those sort of three buckets of, you know, the digital gifts, the, uh, consumables, let's say, and the bottles of wine or swag mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, how does it sort of break out in terms of how, what percentages you know, are you seeing, or this is the most, you know, <laughs> popular category, if you will, and and what are you seeing in terms of relative to what your customers are seeing relative to sort of what works best? Yeah, so I would say uh, we, you know, we see probably around fifty percent is kind of the. In warehouse inventoried items that are kind of a catch-all for everything through the warehouse, probably about ten uh, percent. So, and that could be the Amazon things and so on, right? Yeah, and it could yeah. be you know sw- corporate swag. It could be printed uh, on-demand collateral or uh, printed items. So that's kind of a catch-all for anything. And those are those print-on-demand are they then personalized? Correct. Yeah. So this would could be like a printed-on-demand booklet that that's personalized with the recipient's name or, mm-hmm. or logo or things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so that's about half, and then I'd say about a quarter is e-gifts, and another quarter is the uh, consumables. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I just remember when Braden was talking, I don't know, a couple of years ago, we were talking about this, where he was saying that you could send a cookie to some. This is I always give the example. Of what you guys do is you give send a cookie to somebody that's basically their LinkedIn profile picture. Yeah, we've done this. <laughs> yeah, I think that's. That's personalized. Yeah, as personalized <laughs> as you can get it. <laughs> no, I think that's great. Um, so I'm just wondering about the foods. Do you have like people going through and tasting them to make sure they taste good? And- we have tons of food shipped to our office, so we are um, all taste testers. Got I think it. every every day we have like a new treat or a new succulent to look at or things like that. It's pretty okay. fun. Well, if you're ever hiring for a taster, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could do that. Um, so talk about the back end then, because this, I yep. think, is something that, that uh, you know, people are going to get involved with this. It's, it's a fascinating part about it is, is, as you said, it's virtually infinite what you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, be, uh, you know, our back end is kind of composed of, we have uh, uh, five warehouses around the world where we are uh, sourcing, storing, and shipping things. Mm-hmm. So we cover uh, California. Uh, we've got one in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, up in Canada, Australia, and the UK. Hmm. Um, so those are our kind of our regional facilities. Uh, we also, um, you know, have some dropship partners too for like perishables and consumables that will be delivered directly from like the bakery. They don't like ever right. hit our warehouse kind right, of thing. Right. Um, but yeah, it's pretty interesting. We have uh, we've built software to run all of the infrastructure. We've built software to 
kind of have this front end Sendoso app, and then we build all the software that integrates into you know the Salesforce's, HubSpot, Marketo's, Outreach's, Salesloft's of the world. So a lot of a lot of moving parts. Yeah. So let, all right, I just want to go through now the sort of the actual usage because I think for the audience that's listening is is they're probably still thinking, okay, well, how would I actually use this? Um, because it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I said, it's, it's going to be used in so many ways. And I wonder, is it, is yeah. it, are you finding in your statistics that, that it's more effective as sort of part of a campaign or is it more effective as sort of a situational spur of the moment responding to the customer type, type approach? Um, so I think it's both actually. So I think that we see like demand demand gen marketers and marketing programs running certain types of kind of uh, air cover campaigns to certain groups or to certain ABM targeted lists. And are those primarily direct mail at that point? Um, you know, I would say like the the word direct mail and gifts I think have been are kind of synonymous in my eyes in okay. the sense of like you know, some people will call it a direct mailer. Some people will call it a gift, Right. you know? So, um, but what you're it, mailing is something physical. You're not just mailing a digital, correct. a digital e-gift correct. card. Yes, right. yes, yeah. exactly. Right. Yes, yes, yes. That's a good clarification. Um, and so there's that, then, then, then there's situational things where it's like having SDRs and AEs have, have the ability to click and send it, whether it's the second step in their sequence or whether they've just got off a demo or during deal acceleration. So it's really another tool that they can use on their discretion to, to move deals, either to get a meeting or to move deals to close. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the other side of once the deal closes, you know, customer marketing's coming in and doing some customer marketing along with customer success, having like the availability to do real time, you know, click a button for like other customer milestones or life events. Right. Um, so those are the primarily use cases. And then we're seeing some cool carry on where like recruiters and um, HR teams are using it for employee to employee sending. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're starting to see a little bit of carryover there too. So are there limitations that your customers are finding relative to, because gifting can be a sensitive subject, especially you know, when it comes to perceptions of, I know they're not very expensive, but perceptions of trying to curry favor or bribery sure. or whatever with the, with the yeah, customer. Yeah, yeah. So there's some, certain, some industri- certain industries, I don't, government obviously you can't do that, but um, what are you guys finding in that regard? Yeah, so I mean, certain industries will will have certain limitations. I mean, like printed on demand collateral or like a handwritten note, that's not like a monetary gift. Mm-hmm. So we still see people that work with governments or with medical. There's like a, a Sunshine Act if you're yep. sending to some yep. doctor. Yep. Um, the beauty of our platform is we make it very trackable. So from a compliance purpose, we help companies there. Mm-hmm. We also put those guidelines, which uh, were if, like you try to send someone that has a medical industry, you can only send these things like right. maybe a handwritten note. Um, so we have a lot of uh, validation rules in place. Would you so have to put that, in like an SIC code or how are you tracking the industry? Um, it's typically just based on Salesforce data. So it's how, our, how the Salesforce, uh, how their Salesforce is set up and how the admin wants to like get figure that so okay. um could be sic code could be another salesforce field right um but so to answer your question you know different industries actually would benefit from us better than if they tr- they didn't have a, a policy in place or a tool so that you know a, a, maybe a salesperson doesn't accidentally send something on their own and then mm-hmm. there's no tracking and visibility mm-hmm. so we work across the, the different industries there we also have things like uh you know the ability to donate something to charity if, uh, or other non-monetary valued items uh, to suffice for people that 
that might not want to send something like a bottle of wine. That's an interesting idea. So somebody could say, look, yeah, I want to send something to the customer, but hey, they need a gift like they need a home head, but I could make a charitable contribution in their name to something. Yep. Or you could send them a charity choice e-gift where they can select that they'd like, you know, the SPCA versus Red Cross kind of thing and let them kind of choose their own charity kind of thing. What are you seeing on redemption rates in terms of that? Uh, I, I don't know which charity off the top of my head is more uh, is picked more. But do people typically typically do redeem the charitable ones though? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I think it's one of those things people would get and they would just set aside and never do. Um, so what are your customers telling you in terms of sort of the ROI on this for them? Because you know, we're trying to it's, we're trying to accomplish certain different things, right? Hey, one could just be getting a demo, one could be mm-hmm. as part of your ABM campaign. Yeah, the playbook says at this stage we send the champagne and um, what are you hearing? Yeah. So, you know, there's a couple different ways that our customers look at ROI. One is just the ROI of having a, a scalable sending platform like Sendoso versus kind of doing this ad hoc in-house. So, uh, you know, a lot of the companies we work with will be doing some sort of this like manually and having expensive employees pack boxes or try to coordinate sourcing and procurement and mm-hmm. stuff. So there's kind of a, an ROI and just a, a cost of execution, which we can save them money on. Um, there's the ROI of just direct mail in general. So direct mail uh, converts as a channel better than uh, almost any other channel. Mm-hmm. We have a ton of data and case studies. Um, even our customers know that themselves. So they're trying to figure out how they can do more of it. So it's kind of with our platform, they can uh, actually operationalize sending out direct mail and gifts and do it at scale that they want. So there's you know driving ROI that way. Um, so if they're doing something on scale, so what what typically is that gift going to be? Is saying okay, we've got a campaign. This is a lead gen campaign. This when I say it's scale, it's more of like yeah, they can r- rinse and repeat something on an ongoing basis, and it's not like a you know uh, it's something that they could set you know five ten things up in our platform and have those always on, or to have something that goes out to ten thousand people, one thousand people, um, whatever they want. And does. Does you know wine convert better than a T-shirt? Um, <laughs> uh, I think it depends on the exact. Uh, there's a lot of factors in it, mm-hmm. um, so it's hard for us to blanket certain items because there's the message, there's the timing, there's what's mentioned before or after. Um, so rather than us uh, giving kind of a blanketed recommendation like send socks or send wine. You know, we usually will look at the customer's use case and we'll give them some guidance around, hey, here's based on your target audience and what you're trying to accomplish in the use case, here's a few things. So it's more of a curated suggestion. Mm-hmm. And we provide some account strategy because you know, not all industries or personas or uh, use cases are created equal. Sure. And that guidance comes from your customer success team? Exactly. Yep. Um, so we have that. Um, we also Our customers also see ROI in terms of just like the cost of goods. So we kind of have like the economies of scale Costco mm-hmm. uh, model where we can buy things cheaper than you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we pass along uh, those uh, that value to our customers. Um, so there's that as well. So, um, and then, you know, one of the, the other things is too, is just the ability to track direct mail and see the ROI. So, you know, with, without Sendos, so you're kind of 
semi going rogue or people mm-hmm. are just sending stuff willy nilly. Uh, with us, it's everything sent is tied to a Salesforce campaign right. or into Marketo or HubSpot. Right. So you can track back and you can see campaign attribution. You can see, you know, per direct mail send, how, what, what pipeline is created or influenced. So you get that visibility that you're never able to see before. And if you tie that attribution into your, you know, attribution software, then you're that much better. Yeah, as, as I was thinking about this in preparation for our call today, I was thinking, okay, I wonder if, if, and this would just sort of intuit off the top of my head, but it was was thinking is, so are you better off giving gifting power to you know the top ten percent because it's always going to be more effective with them, or does it really provide incremental benefit because they're going to get that business anyway, and you know the real impact is maybe on the you know, the the middle class, if you will, who are, you know, struggling to achieve that, that they get that little boost they might not have gotten otherwise. I mean, how do you see that sort of breaking out in your customers if you have that insight? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, we see really not, d- d- not like a difference in terms of if you're like a top performer versus a, like a lower performer in terms of like your yeah, the uh, sending budget. Well, yeah, well, not or, the budget, but does it, does it actually help you, right? Because I'm thinking, okay, the top performers... Yeah, they're going to be top performers anyway, right? Whether they're gifting or not, but does the gifting actually help them? But then I can see the next tier down that's, you know, the aspirational people, does strategic gifting actually help them? Perhaps even more than it does the top people because it's, you know, it's a difference maker for them. Just wondering, again, if, if you're seeing any evidence of that. Yeah, so I would say across the board, uh, strategic gifting helps everybody. There's no doubt about it that this is just another kind of communication channel to build rapport, break into accounts, mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, uh, cross-sell, upsell, all that good stuff. Right. Um, we are putting together a pretty extensive data trends report. Uh, we're, we're looking into some of that very details with our data science team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll pass it along once that's live. You'll, you'll probably geek out over some of those insights. Oh, I'm, I'm sure I would. Um, <laughs> so, I promise before, we got to talk about your big news. Yeah. So today, you had some big news that you announced. Why don't you share that with uh, our listeners? Yeah, we announced that we just raised a 40 million Series B. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. That's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's been an awesome three years and just scaling up the team and the company and everything else. Yeah. So you said you're going to go to Mexico with this money. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> so are there specific parts of the, the business that you're going to use the money for? I mean, obviously, you've got a huge infrastructure, five warehouses. That's impressive. Um, I would imagine you're probably hiring people from Amazon. <laughs> yeah, so we're definitely hiring across the board from logistics to sales to marketing to engineering to product to design to finance to you name it. We're hiring for as we, uh, you know, we're growing fast, and then we're investing a lot of resources back into our product and R and D, um, and you know, focusing on building out the product even more. Yeah, and so you had mentioned before we started recording is that one of the investors in this round, strategic investors, you know. World's one of the world's largest uh, logistics companies. Yeah, so uh, Prologis Ventures, which um, is a sixty billion dollar publicly traded um, warehousing company, uh, their corporate development arm uh, invested in this round. Um, the round was led by Oak HCFT, so they're uh, they led the round. We also had participation from Felicis Ventures, um, all of our existing investors. So. Craft Ventures, Signia, Storm, Struck, Stage Two Capital, um, and then we had a handful of uh, like angels uh, also come in. So it was uh, quite uh, 
quite awesome to kind of put together such an awesome round. All right. So looking forward then, so what do you see mm-hmm. as sort of the two-year horizon for where gifting is going to evolve? Besides just greater penetration across the board, but what do you see as, as uh, the future there? Yeah, so I think this, you know, be a more, you know, having a sending platform would be as ubiquitous as having like a CRM or an email tool. So I think companies, we, we still see companies that, um, you know, look, see a demo and are just jaw dropped, like, holy, you know, beep, <laughs> I can't believe this exists. Right. Like, well, I think, I think most people, that's probably their yeah, first reaction. So, yeah. so we still, uh, there's lots of, lots of people to educate about this. Um, I think we're also seeing a shift in terms of, you know, uh, direct mail gifting was kind of uh, sitting in marketing for so long. Now it's kind of breaking out with our platform. And I think we'll see more uh, salespeople bring this on or customer success, you know, CX teams think about how they can incorporate this in uh, to their strategies. So kind of democratizing the ability to send stuff. So mm-hmm. it's not, uh, so it's easier to do so that um, people can um, think about strategies and then execute because right. I think a lot of people are creative and want to build more human relationships, but there's just such a manual component to what we do that it's hard to want to do yourself. Yeah. So um, we've taken that, um, taken that onus on us. All right. So final question is, again, sort of looking forward is because, is yeah. yeah, this is clearly still given the penetration of this is still quite a differentiator, right? There's in the grand scheme of things, it's, yep. you guys are still, you know, barely an inch deep in penetration. Um, but as you get it more widespread, is so mm-hmm. if you're in the perspective of a salesperson saying, okay, gosh, now today everybody's gifting, in that context, what can they do to stand out? Sure. I mean, I think one of the things that will prevent oversaturation is that there is a cost to what, what this is. Mm-hmm. So it's not like uh, maybe email that you can send a million emails for free. Uh, so people think about clicking send. It's not something that they're just closing their eyes and clicking send a million times. So I think that there, I don't foresee like a, a big oversaturation of this. I think people will get more creative. We're rolling out additional data services so people can be more data-driven, making sure they have the right address or mm-hmm. the person's interests. So I see more targeted, personalized gifts, um, you know, quality over quantity, um, and, and thoughtfulness throughout the entire life cycle from you know, the, the first interaction to five years later. I see this as being a tool that people will use to stay in touch, to build better relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, it just is, is synonymous to kind of a communication that you'd had through email. Maybe you'd, you know, with Sendos, so you'd send them something uh, like something for their birthday, maybe instead right. of just a, uh, you know, an email or not even, or forgetting or, about it. Or posting on their Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, I, no, I agree. I, I just, I, yeah, from the beginning, I've been excited about this because. Yeah, it's it's personalized and I and personalized. Yeah, you're going to do some of it at scale, but I think ultimately to make it meaningful, you have to think about the individual on the other end uh, as an individual. And, exactly, and choose something that that resonates for them. Yeah, you can blanket digital gift cards, but you know if you take a left a level up, that's where I think the real power of it comes. And for the thoughtful, deliberate seller, this is really an interesting tool to. I said, build that connection, stand out. Um, yeah, big believer in Stu Hynek's work. Uh, yeah, and, I've talked to Stu a bunch. I'm sure you have, because uh, yeah, this is right along his line. So, well, Chris, it's great talking to you again. Um, Likewise, Andy. 
And congratulations on your Series B. That's fantastic news. Yeah. And, great yeah. day to do the podcast. Uh, yeah. With the announcement. <laughs> yeah. Well, this will hit about two weeks after after we've recorded it today. So it'll still be fresh. Yeah. Uh, for people that want to find out more about Sendoso or connect with you, or how should they do that? Yeah, so sendoso.com, you can go ahead and check out our website. Um, me personally, you can uh, find me on LinkedIn or shoot me an email even. I'm at Chris, which is K-R-I-S at sendoso.com. It's good you didn't have to spell out your last name for that. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> As you get bigger, if you hire another Chris, you may have to do that. So, uh, But CEO privilege, you can, I'm sure you can yeah, keep Yeah, I'll so. keep the uh, original one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. Uh, Great conversation. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much, Andy. Okay, friends, that was Accelerate for this week. First of all, as always, I really want to thank you for taking the time to join me. And I want to thank my guest, Chris Rudigrup. Join me again next week as my guest will be John Livesey. John's called The Pitch Whisperer. He's an expert speaker, podcast host, and author of a book titled better selling through storytelling. And as you might expect, we're talking about storytelling. We're talking about how storytelling makes you magnetic and memorable. And we're going to talk about how to incorporate stories into those critical sales presentations you have to make to really set yourself apart, differentiate yourself. So uh, we're going to that. We'll dig into the four elements of a good story. And we'll talk again about that big final sales presentation, the bake-off between you and your competitor and how you use your stories to ensure that you win the customer decision, you win the deal. So you'll definitely want to check that out. Be sure to join John and me next week for that conversation. So again, thank you for joining me this week on Accelerate. And until next week, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone.